This morning is the second week of Advent. I'm sorry, the third week of Advent. <laughs> third week. It's, this, it's the week of joy. The week that we celebrate that Christ has come. That He is here. His Spirit lives and dwells among us. The troubling thing is that I don't know that John got the message. As we read our text today, I'm not sure if John the Baptist quite understood it. And he's not the sort of guy to just go along with things. He's still going to speak what he needs to speak. So even though this Sunday is the Sunday of joy and the season of Advent, it seems to me in this passage this morning there's something else afoot. There's some other questions we need to answer. John has doubts about Christ. He has doubts. And as much as we try to get John off the hook, as much as we try to skirt the issue, John still has questions that he needs to have answered. That's why he sends his disciples to him. You see, John had these expectations of what it would look like when the Savior came. If you remember, he said, He will come and He will baptize with spirit and fire. He will come and He will gather His wheat into the storehouse and He will burn up the chaff. He expected the Messiah or the One to come to be a harbinger of justice and judgment. John had this expectation, this cataclysm of what it was going to be like. And then you have Jesus. He came and He ate with sinners. He spent time with tax collectors and prostitutes. And He sat there with excruciating patience when Pharisees and Sadducees in their self-righteous way would challenge Him. They would challenge the kingdom. He just sat there. Sure, He would talk to them, but He didn't blow them up or He didn't zap them. He, He was so patient. And John wonders as he sits in prison, what's happening here? The expectations that John had aren't quite matching up with what has happened in Christ. And so he sits in prison. The messenger of God sits in prison. And he starts to wonder, has something gone wrong? I came here pronouncing that Christ has come, that the One is coming, and yet I find myself in prison. Has something gone wrong? And so he has to ask. He sends his disciples to Jesus. He must ask. Are you the one coming? Or should we wait for someone else? And in John's question, we hear our own question. Imagine some of us, maybe not all of us, but some of us, maybe most of us, find ourselves, have found ourselves asking this question at least some point in our faith. Jesus, are you the, really the one who's coming? Are you the Messiah that we have been waiting for and hoping for? The one that we expected to change everything. Are you really the one? Or should we wait for someone else? It's a hard question for us to ask. It's a scary question. John just has the pluck. He just has the courage and the audacity to send his disciples to Jesus to ask it. Are you the one who is coming? See, that's what I love about the season of Advent. It's a season to tell the truth. It's a season for us to tell the truth that things are not the way they should be. To tell the truth that we contribute to the brokenness of this world. And to tell the truth that when we see the way things have played out, sometimes it's hard to see that the kingdom is here. Advent is a time to be honest. To be honest, to acknowledge the fact that sometimes we struggle with seeing the kingdom in this world. To acknowledge the fact that it is sometimes hard to hope 
as situations continue to deteriorate, it is hard to hold on to hope. It is hard when we have a broken heart to remain hopeful. Season of Advent is a time to acknowledge that. To acknowledge that this world is still broken. Things are still going horribly wrong in so many places. It is a time for us to, to acknowledge the thing, to acknowledge the truth that Christ has been away a long time. It's been a long time since He walked the ground of Galilee. And we were wondering when will He come back? To wonder if He's coming soon. The season of Advent is a time to acknowledge this truth. To ask our questions with honesty, with faith. We find ourselves being standing next to, or find ourselves standing next to John this morning, asking this question. Jesus, are you the one who is coming? Or should we wait for another? John has doubts about who Jesus is. He had these huge expectations of what it would look like, and Jesus is doing things so differently. John has a hard time understanding it. And so he asks, Are you the one who is coming, or should we wait for another? I'm not afraid of this question. I'm not afraid for us to ask this question with honesty. Not because of the answers, but because of the one who is answering. I have faith in Christ. I have faith in the way that Jesus answers this. John asks, are you the one who is coming or should we wait for another? Jesus doesn't give him, well, you know, John, it's, it's complicated and you have to... He doesn't say any of that. He doesn't say, John, just, just sit down and be quiet and just wait. He says, John, look at the proof. What do your eyes see? It's right here in front of you. It's right here in front of you. What do you see? The blind are seeing again. The lame are jumping like deer. And the lepers, they've been cleansed. The deaf are hearing And those who have been mute, they're shouting for joy. The dead are being raised. And the good news is being preached to the poor. Think about what you've been seeing. Who could do these sort of things? What do these sort of things signal? What do they tell us is happening? John, look with your eyes. Look with your eyes and what do you see? What do you hear? See, I think if we heard Scripture as well, or if we knew Scripture as well as John, we would hear the words of Isaiah. The words that Isaiah spoke. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. To bind up the brokenhearted. To set free the captives. And to release from darkness those who are in prison. To proclaim the favorable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn. Or I wonder if Isaiah heard, or I'm sorry, I wonder if if John heard Isaiah 35. Strengthen feeble hands. Steady the knees that give way. Say to those who have fear in their hearts, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Take heart. Your God will come. He will come with vengeance and divine retribution. He will come to save you. Then, 
Then the eyes of the blind will see. The ears of the deaf will be unstopped. The lame will leap like deer. And the tongue of the mute will shout for joy. I suspect John remembered these words. This prophecy of Isaiah. The words that Isaiah spoke of the One who would come and make all things new and good. We hear good news. Jesus doesn't give him a large, complicated explanation. He just says, look at the facts. Look at the evidence. He's filled out the words of Isaiah. And then Jesus, He zooms out for us to give us perspective. He lifts our eyes to see who John is. To see the forest for the trees. To see that John is this one who is coming, this prophet who came to, pro- to proclaim that the Christ is coming. Jesus asks, what did you go out to see? A reed swayed by the wind? Well, if that's what you went out to see, then you've got, you got the wrong thing coming. John is an oak. He's an oak of faithfulness. Standing in the middle of Israel, or the middle of people who came out to see him, saying, repent, for the kingdom has come. To the people who thought they had everything figured out, John has the audacity to say, turn around, turn back towards God, because the kingdom is coming. John is no reed. He is an oak. He's a faithful prophet of God. But what did you really go out to see? Did you go out to see a man dressed in in frilly clothes? Come on, they don't wear frilly clothes except for the palace. John is no palace prophet. He's no house pet of a king. He's no prophet that the king would hold next to him to say what he wanted to hear, to keep the people in control. No, John is wearing a camel hair jacket and a leather belt. And he's standing out in the wilderness because he's speaking for God. God is speaking through him. John is humble. He's not the type to go and and to schmooze the leaders, the kings, the people who thought they ruled the world. No, he's speaking honestly and humbly from the fringe, from the desert. But what did you go out to see? Did you go out to see a prophet? Yes. Now you're on the right track. And not just any prophet, but the greatest prophet. Jesus said that there is none greater that has been born of a woman than John. John is this great prophet. He is the prophet that the other prophets prophesied about. Malachi said, I will send my messenger before you. He will prepare your way. Speaking of John and what John would do. John is the prophet who has been prophesied about. And while all the other prophets prophesied about Jesus, about the coming Messiah who would come and save this world, as important as that is, they stood hundreds of years apart from Him. And here is John right next to Him. Not proclaiming that He will come, proclaiming that He has come. That the One has come. John is not only the greatest because he's been prophesied about, but because of the content of his message. How close he is to Jesus. John is important because he is close to Christ. 
Jesus zooms out to give us an idea of who John is, to help us understand that he is this faithful man, this humble man, this great prophet. And if we will understand who John is, then we'll begin to see that God is on the move. God is on the move again. And Jesus zooms out to give us perspective too of the kingdom. To understand this kingdom that has come. For in the days of the prophets and the law up until John, the kingdom has been badly uh, bruised against. or He has prophesied these things. You see, John is the greatest. Jesus says this. But then the very next thing he says is that even the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than him. John's not saying that John, or excuse me, Jesus is not saying that John is this bad guy. Not trying to, to, to minimize who John is. He's trying to show us how great the kingdom is. That even the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than any man that has ever lived. The trouble is, the kingdom advances, but it's also assaulted. It also suffers attack. Because there are some who are coming to steal it, to try and force their way in. Bandits who are trying to loot it. We see it around us. We see it in places, in countries where there are religious groups that attack Christians. Or there are political groups that crush churches. They persecute the church. There are places where there are countries or or powers that try to co-op the kingdom. Try to get the kingdom to do their work for them. Presidents and dictators try to use the kingdom for for their benefit, for their gain. And there are even something even worse. Something that most of us struggle with. Is a culture that undermines the kingdom. A culture that's seductive. A culture that seduces. A culture that gives us idols one after another, shines them up and hands them to us. What's important is how much stuff you have. What's important is the size of your pocketbook. What's important is yourself above everybody else. Your comfort is the most important thing. It's great to be nice and kind so long as it doesn't make you uncomfortable. This culture undermines the kingdom. Not because it destroys the kingdom in its own sense, but that it draws the citizens of the kingdom away. It undermines the people of the kingdom. It undermines us. The kingdom has come. And there's this twin reality that it advances and at the same time it suffers attack. In the season of Advent, it's okay for us to acknowledge this. To acknowledge that we struggle with this reality. That the kingdom is here, but it seems like it is thwarted in so many places. It seems like it suffers attack in so many places. And we struggle with this. When we're honest, We struggle to make sense of this. Jesus zooms out to give us perspective 
to help us see not only who John is, but the realities of the kingdom. So we can begin to understand what's happening here. That God is on the move. And then Jesus says these words. All of the prophets and the law until John have prophesied this. If you will receive it, John is Elijah. Let those who have ears, let them hear. The kingdom is coming. All of the prophets and the law, they have prophesied about this moment, about Emmanuel, about God with us. All of history has culminated and centers around Christ. All the words the prophets speak, we are meant to interpret them through Jesus. He is the culmination of history. His birth, His incarnation, that God has entered human history is the moment they were all talking about. He He is the right way that we understand these words that have been spoken. It is Jesus that we understand, it is by Jesus that we understand prophecy. It is by Him that we understand the words that have been spoken. And then he says, if you will receive it, John is Elijah. If you will open your heart to that, that you would see that John is the one who has been talked about. John is the one who would precede the Messiah. And I know it can be hard to see. It can be hard to see at times as we look at this world around us. As we try to make sense of a crucified Messiah, of a kingdom that is here, but not obvious. Of a king who has come and has ascended away, but is coming back. These things are not easy to make sense of. How does a good God allow evil to happen? How do we make sense of these things? And the season of Advent is a season of truth. This morning, we realize that it's okay to acknowledge our confusion but we come to be reminded. To be reminded of the truth that the kingdom has come. That Christ is Lord. That He reigns over all things. That He is coming again. That even though it might not be the way we decided, or even the way that we would have chosen, this is the way God works. I'll tell you the truth, really this is the Sunday of joy. Because despite how bad things look, with snow and power outages, with famine, with addictions, with people who sit in darkness and loneliness. Despite how bad things look, the truth is Christ has come. His kingdom is here and it advances. Even though it suffers attack, it still advances. This Sunday, once again, we proclaim, Come, Lord Jesus, come. Come, Lord. Amen.